0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 362, and it's called Thank You for Pointing. And in this episode, I'm speaking to a number of you very specifically, and literally, thank you for pointing. But all of you, really. And, you know, at some point, you'll see what's going on in this episode, because it's, yeah, it's like I've been carrying this around and having this experience the past uh, two months, and I kept thinking... I should, oh, that would be really fun to tell the Robcast people about this experience I'm having. So that's what we're doing here. But before we do that, let's talk about the Where'd You Park Your Store? Because those of you, uh, my new book is called Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? And those of you who have read it, and you've met Heen Gruber's and Dill Tud and Noon and you found out what a Series 5 is, and uh, you spent some time on Furtis, it just feels like there should be a coffee mug that says piddle, piddle, piddle on it, right? And there probably should be a t-shirt that says heen who grows bears. And there probably should be a t-shirt that says you just got Bobby freelanced. Are you with me? Now, if you haven't read the book, you're like, what is he talking about? This is some inside baseball. But if you have read the book, a tote bag that says I love Dill Tud would just be about perfect, right? Just in time for the holidays. <laughs> or... You know how the book opens. Obviously, if you had a print of the brown ball for your wall, that would be something. So, uh, my beloved longtime friend Brent French from Wanu Company, he and I have been, and and his partner in design and life, Rachel, we've been talking about opening a store on my site that would just be all these random <laughs> things from the book. And I've always wanted to do this. So. Uh, yeah, it's open. I think the day that this episode comes out is the day the store is up and you can find all sorts of... <laughs> it's just... It's so absurd and ridiculous that it just feels like we're right on track. <laughs> so for that special someone who you're wondering, what would I get that person? But they have read the book or maybe even not. Just give them a random shirt that says, you messed with the wrong series five and see what happens. But... uh There's tons of Where'd You Park Your Spaceship, I don't know, merch, stuff, things, totems, artifacts, at my new uh, Where'd You Park Your Spaceship merch store, which I can't stop calling Where'd You Park Your Store. So uh, mm -hmm. it's a world, and you're invited into it. And then, God, look at this, double header announcement episode, in addition to the opening, the (laughs) great... I can't even say it. The grand opening of the Where'd You Park Your Store. Um, The Rob Bell Art Show is now the Rob Bell Art Store. If you've seen some of the stuff I've been doing on Instagram, the paintings, um, we've now opened a store on my site. So pretty much all of the paintings that you've seen on Instagram are on the store, the Rob Bell Art Store. And... um, you'll see there's like prices and shipping and such. And then if you purchase one of the pieces literally here in at this table that I'm working at in the garage, I'll wrap it up and ship it to you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's how this is going to work. That's where we're at. So uh, a number of you have inquired about collecting these pieces, and it's now possible through the interwebs. And <laughs> I seriously, I cannot tell you about that with another absurd laugh that we're doing this but we are doing this and also um of course if there are pieces you've seen on instagram that aren't in the store yet just email the site and all that info will be on my site and we'll see if we can sort something out and uh u.s shipping domestic shipping is on there but if you are all this is on the site but if you're international uh, email us and we'll see if we can figure out how to get because this to you because some of the pieces aren't even really shippable they're kind of heavy you know a 1940s kitchen cabinet door um, would be a bit prohibitive to try and ship unless you're really into it but anyway um, so some of the pieces you'll need to pick up here in Ojai somewhere but oh god it's so fun to talk about um, and there's a painting a pink painting that just says big letters. This is why we have retrogrades. (laughs) New. (laughs) My goodness, my goodness. So that stuff is all happening. And um, oh, yeah. And then what is today? Today is Sunday. Tomorrow, a number of you are going to are here in Ojai. I assume you got here tonight for the next two days. And tickets, uh, spots are open for January, February, March, April, if you want to come sit under the trees. So, uh, there, there's that. There was that doubleheader announcement fever. But now I need to tell you about what's happening to me because it involves you. And uh, a number of you have been, God, what is, how would I say it? There's like, a, like an opening up of my heart that has been happening for a couple of years now in... Some sort of new way, and a number of you have just jumped in and were like, We see you, Rob Bell. Let's just take this farther. And I, I want to tell you about it because it has really, really moved me. Because I, uh, Where'd You Park Your Spaceship came out in August, and then I told you all about it. And I, I love this. Is honestly the first thing I've ever made that I was like, I could just talk about this, these characters and this story Uh, because I keep seeing it in new ways and understanding it in new ways. And I was like, I could just talk about this and talk about this for years. I'd never had uh, an experience of making something like this. And so uh, I told you all, hey, if you got a blog, which makes me laugh, if you're you're doing the blog thing, which a number of you are, it turns out, or YouTube channel or magazine or uh, podcast... I love talking about these characters, and I love hearing what you see in the story. So a number of you have taken me up on this. So for two months now, six weeks-ish, I have been doing interviews with you all, which turn into conversations, which turn into encounters, which turn into sharing our lives with each other as we connect over the old Zoom machine. I mean, it is, it has been. So just to give you an idea who, you, who 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 you who's taking me up on this, musicians and birth doulas and yoga teachers and comedians and coffee roasters and biologists and mental health activists and entrepreneurs and tarot card readers and intuitive healers and sound engineers and Australian life coaches. And shout out to Priscilla Velez, whose partner, Oscar Gomez, baked, as far as I, in my life, the first loaf of sourdough with rosemary I've ever seen, which is a thing that happens in the book, and she held up the loaf to the camera on her computer, and what a moment for this fella here. And then therapists and psychologists and psychoanalysts. Do you know what it's like to have a psychoanalyst from Illinois read your 550-page novel that happens on other planets and then tell you what he sees in the novel? Oh my god! And science teachers, and people who run art schools at universities, and poets, and whew, I'm telling you, you people. Uh. So I've been talking with you all, and, and engaging, and around this story. But inevitably, two minutes in, we're into it. We're into our lives, and who you are, and who I am, and how we, how we meet. In these living rooms in the sky called Zoom, and so I, uh, you've been pointing things out to me now for a couple of months, and it, like, how much I've learned, how much I've been stretched, how much I've expanded, how much I've grown from you all, you teachers, uh, showing me all kinds of things. So uh, first off, a number of you, the moment you know, like there's this Zoom where. The, each person comes up and you see what space the other person's in. A number of you, as soon as we uh, pop up and can see each other, a number of you are like, are you in your garage? <laughs> <laughs> so a number of conversations have begun with that. Wait, is that the garage? Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the corner of the garage. It's the corner of the garage because I... Uh, and then instantly we get into all sorts of interesting things because you want to talk about the book, but a number of you... You want to talk about the writing of the book and how a person, how do we orient our lives around what grabs us, what arises, what gets a hold of our heart? How do, how do you, because there's always the bills, uh, right? We all have that, like, how, how do you stay true? To who you are, and follow this sense that sometimes you don't even know what it is. You just know you're following something. It's very hard to articulate, and yet it's stronger than anything that you can adequately describe. And so you like tilt your life around this, and it can get really wobbly. Uh, it can get really dodgy. Like, are we are we gonna make it? Is this gonna work? And a number of you, when you point out that I'm in the garage, yeah, I'm in the gra- <laughs> I'm in the garage because I can't afford an office. Because yeah. That's that's why I'm in the garage cuz am not able to do anything more than work out of the garage right now. And what's so helpful of you is a number of you are like, "Oh, that's so badass." Yeah, there's something punk rock. There's something there's something about and this is a this is a cycle, this is a pattern in my life and a number of you are like, "Oh yeah, I know that." Where yeah, you like There's like a, how bad do you want it? And then you rearrange your life and you scale down. You get things skinnier, leaner, so that you can be true to the thing that you're doing next. Yeah, and it's not like it stops. It's not like that process ends. And so many of you, you point out that I'm in the garage and then instantly we're connecting about how this listening and then following, and then creating our lives, and then that feeling you're wide awake in the middle of the night going, is, is this, is this going to work? <laughs> Are you going to be able to pull this off? And yet something within you is like so alive. And uh, this question, this frustration, this angst of, don't you just reach a point where it's all sorted? Don't you reach a point where you can kind of glide and coast? Uh In my experience, no, something better happens. You learn to stop fighting it. Yeah, you embrace it because you're learning, you're trusting, like even more of your, it's like sinking down even farther into your body that, yeah, you can trust this, you can trust this, you'll you'll figure it out, you'll figure it out. And so that wobbly, achy, tenuous, those fears, what am I doing here? I mean, I remember two years ago, None of you were asking for a book from me about spaceships. And I knew, like, if I I knew if I went to a publisher and was like, hey, this is a new book. It's called Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? I knew it'd be like, "Uh, yeah, w- well, where's the Rob Bell book? <laughs> and I'd be like, um, that's me, and this is the Rob Bell book? I, I knew that that discussion just wasn't going to work. And I remember thinking, oh, we're going to, like, this is new territory. We're just going to figure out how to make this and release it and kind of do it ourselves. And, well, this is new. And, yeah, and all those old, in some ways they're like primal or existential. Are we going to be okay? Are we going to have what we need? All that stuff. And what's so, oh, God, what is the word? The solidarity, the, I don't want to use a word like comfort, but that is the word of talking about all of this with you all. Something about the corner of the garage. You see it, and we start talking about it, and yeah, 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 and we connect over that. Yeah, yeah. We're that's what we're all doing. We're all pretty much doing the same thing. We're listening to our lives, and if you listen to your life and you get still enough, it speaks, and you get. You get ideas, you get visions, you get images, you get pull, you get desire, you get a next step, you get you get a little plan going. Um, you get just enough to take the next step. And it's shaky and oof. yeah, yeah. And you all now for a couple months have been pointing that out. Like, wait, did you you sort of rearranged your whole life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we've been doing for a long time. But this one was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's the what a person did, but then there's the how the person did it. And in my experience, when I would meet up with people who uh, had done or made something that I had noticed or admired, I was always yeah, yeah, the thing that they did, but but how, how like, what they have for breakfast, that kind of thing. Those are the things that these are like the the granular details. And, and I love how a number of you have said, okay, this question seems kind of trivial or almost like a detail question, but it's actually, and I always, always am like, hold on, I know that this question is going to be great because this is where we meet each other in how you actually arrange your life. Yeah, that's where, that's where all the, the big stuff, that's where you find all, all the, the big stuff. Yeah, so we're here in the garage cuz this is this the this is what we got to work with right now. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I have in my head. I can picture this like barn and it's got skylights and it's got all these o- wind doors that open so that the whole thing is like sort of an indoor outdoor space so I can Right, Like you know, we always have often we have in our head like this ideal like, and there's like a section there's a section where the for writing, because I write on this old computer that can't doesn't get internet so that I can't be distracted, and then there's like another then there's all the art painting supplies, and there's like the surfboard rack and the mountain butt like, right? Are you like this? You have like this space in your head and of like, oh, this is now this now I could really do some stuff here, and then there's where you are right now, which is. You know, cold in the winter, hot in the summer space. Uh, That's like, but that's how it works. You you, You make do. You embrace. That's, there you go. We embrace the limitations. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a filter. They sort out like how serious we are about doing what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for pointing out in the garage and reminding me of the story I'm in, which is the story that you're in, which is the story we're all in about how it works, figuring it out, and how you may arrive for a minute and then you get a new, and then you keep going <laughs> Okay, second thing I love is you all point out the details. Here's an example, every, uh, every book I had come out, I would say to the publisher, can we please have a, can it have a huge font? I, I want to have like a bigger font, like a, a big font because then people who like can open it and you're like, oh, I could read this book. That's how I am a bigger font. It's like, oh, I could read this. And especially people who don't read might open the book and go, oh, I could read this. Um, cause when you write a book, you want people to read it. And every publisher, as you can imagine, is like, Yeah, but a bigger font means more pages, which means more paper, which means more weight, which means more printing, which means more cost. So uh, thank you, Rob Bell, for the suggestion, but no. But this, for the first time, I got to pick a big font and because this stuff matters to me. And I love how many of you have pointed out, a number of you hold up the book and you're like, hey, big font, thank you. You noticed, you people noticed. And the reason why I point out, you pointing out, oh, look at that. Con- inception level rings of pointing out, me pointing out what you all have been pointing out to me is, when I know some of you are going to be like, oh my God, yes, is we get within us a way it has to be. So this is a shout out. This little bit right here, this is like a hymn to all of you who, who you have this way that it has to be. And you don't know why, you just know that it matters. Certain things matter to you more than they appear to matter to the people around you. And you've been apologizing and explaining and defending and rationalizing for so long, especially in areas of like, perhaps for you as aesthetics, like the bathroom needs to be a particular shade of green or the office, the desks n- need to be arranged in a particular way with the windows here. And, the, and it matters in, and everybody's like, it's fine. Or perhaps for you, there's like an order Things there's an order to things, and when when it's not done according to a certain order, maybe it's like an accounting thing, it's a numbers thing, it's a structural thing, it's an execution thing, and everybody else is just sort of like shirt untucked. You know what I mean? Like a, that's those. But for you, there's like a there's an honor and dignity to things following a particular procedure, and it's not because you're hung up and you're all red tape about things. It's just because there's a certain honor and dignity to things being done and executed well. And you have rationalized it and apologized and defended. And yet that's what you're, that's like, that's that's, the, that's who you are and it's the gift you give. I mean, my mom tells stories about me from a very young age needing the hem on my pants a certain length. And she, she had a sewing machine and I would be like, I need it exactly like this. I need the hem a certain way. This goes way back. This is not new to me. Um, Yeah, for all of you who it has to be a certain way, and it's not because you're stubborn or upset. Maybe you are stubborn and obsessive and compulsive or whatever. But but for for so many of us, it's it's not a problem. It's it's our contribution. Yeah, and it takes a certain sort of resolve and. Uh, uh, can feel like a a form of madness. Like when you get a vision for how you want it, you're like a, like a, I was going to say a dog with a bone, a dog on an ankle. What's the, what's the proper (laughs) image there? But you'll put up with all sorts of deprivation. You'll put up with all sorts of whatever, if to get it a certain way. And especially when there are people around you who are like, relax, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter to me. I think we're fine. I think we can just go with it like this. But to you, it is. Yeah. So I'm telling you, thank you, those of you who point out some of the details in this. Or we, uh, the audio book came out a couple weeks ago where I read it here in the garage like I, I wanted it to be read, like I'm just reading it to you, like page turns, um, mispronouncing wor- my own words. I was like, no, keep that all in. Keep it like if I was just reading it to you, If I was just reading it to you as my friend, like, can I read you this scene from this my, my new book? I wouldn't like stop and be like, okay, hold on, I need to do a take two of that. I would just keep reading it to you, and if I messed up, I would maybe do the sentence over, but then I would just keep reading because we would just be humans together in a space, and I wanted the audiobook to feel like that, and a number of you have been like, yeah, it feels like that. Thank you. It feels like you're actually just reading the book to me, <laughs> which I've always been like, that should obviously be how an audiobook feels. But these senses you and I get that like, this matters to me. This, this this matters to me in ways I don't even understand. Yeah, it's okay. It's like a welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the club. And you all pointing out these details, uh Yeah, it just means the world. It just means the world. I think from when I first started doing my work, and there was a public dimension to it, and people felt free to weigh in on how well I was doing. Um, I can remember the first time I took, like, I was 22. I was 22 the first time somebody, like, legit came after me, criticizing me. And I was so utterly devastated. And I can see now, what was that, 31 years ago? Yeah, you have to figure out how to do that. Uh, you have to figure out if you're going to create and make things and move in the world. We each have to sort of figure out how you're going to deal with, uh, what would you call it? Like the critics, how are You how you're the, the blowback and i can see how part of the ways the armor that i created was just to make it and put it out and if it's not for you fine a sort of like here it is it's for some people it's not for others deal with it and i'm on to the next thing but to talk to you all and have you all point out the details is like oh god honestly it just uh you know it feels so good <laughs> Okay, here we go. Third thing. You all have been pointing out to me now for a couple of months and I love it. You uh, read this book and then you point out all these connections and callbacks and Easter eggs that I didn't know are in the book because, uh, yeah, my work for so long has been knowing what I was saying. Like crafting it, honing it, memorizing it, going out on tour, doing a Robcast. Like, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm trying to explain. Here's what I just said. Here's another example of what I just said. Here's a third attempt to try to explain it with slightly different language. Um, But this, this, where'd you park your spaceship? The only way the story worked and works is I had to set aside all of the way I'd ever done things. It was like a, starting over again, again, with like this beginner's mind of this story. And I don't know what it means. I'm not trying to make any points. If I did uh, think of, well, this is my point here, or this is what that means, or or especially if none of the characters, people have been like, are, there, are these characters influenced by real life people you know? No, not that I know of. Um, because if I all of a sudden did, if I would think of somebody I actually know, then it was like a trapdoor or a kill switch. The story would just go dead inside me. Um, now, obviously, it's all shaped by the life I've lived and the people I've met and the places I've been. I assume, but it's like it was almost like the subconscious took over and is like, "Rob Bell, you're not going to know where the spaceship gets parked, so just follow the story." Yeah. So it was like, just what happens next? And I have no training. Like I don't know what a second act, third act. I still don't understand that stuff. Or there's, I know there's a protagonist and antagonist. Um, And there are arcs. Some of this I kind of understand, but as a general rule, I haven't been to retreats or workshops or screenwriting or how to write a novel or how to write a multiple book series of novels on other planets. Like, I don't have anything in my head about how it's supposed to be done. I just only have what happens next, who do we meet, what what did they say, how does the person near them respond? It's like this... Very simple, step-by-step, step, which almost is like the antidote to all those years of... I know exactly what I'm trying to explain. <laughs> so here's why this is so fascinating, is you all start pointing things out to me in the book, and I'm like, oh, that is fascinating. That's in there? And I'm telling you, the stuff that you... uh, the The things that you all have seen and the some of you have pointed out I mean just like uh, when they get to the planet Yorch you know what I'm talking about and they go to tube one and they walk in and it's filled with trampolines it's the first thing they do on planet Yorch and one of you is like isn't that interesting that when Heen leaves his home planet and he goes to the first other planet he's ever been to Yorch and the first building that he goes into is filled with trampolines and the first chapter Rob of your first book that you wrote in 2004 the first chapter is about trampolines isn't that an interesting callback it's like what the what? (laughs) What? Or how that scene where Borns is telling Heen Gruber's about how his mom once ate a potato in one bite, but then she couldn't speak because she couldn't chew it, so she had to let her mouth, like her saliva, break down the potato over three days, so she had to invent a sign language to communicate with her son. But then it's Borns' son who, when Heen, spoiler alert, brings him back, then Heen can't talk because he breaks his jaw, so those two things are like speaking to each other. I mean, you people themes of exile, themes of uh, disorientation, the number of things you have seen. It's so, God, you all, I I would write a book just to listen to you all tell me what the book is about for you. And some of you are like, is this what this scene's about? And it's like, I don't know. Or I love it. One of you said, you were talking about something, you are like, you held up the book and you said, now you say on page 132. And I was like, wait, no, I don't. No, I don't. It's a story. It's a story about these people who are having these experiences. I didn't say anything. Who who in the story said? <laughs> it gets so bendy and whatever. But the same thing happened a couple years ago. The first time I did a two-day, like we do them now, where you show up and bring your question. Because I remember, this was in Los Angeles, right before COVID, walking to the improv, because we lived in that neighborhood. And for years, I prepared. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You had the way that you stay safe, is you prepare. You know those things that you do so that you'll make sure that in a situation you're covered? For me, for years, I prepared. So if it was going to be two hours, I prepared three hours. It's going to be two days, I prepared for three days. Like, whatever you do, don't get stuck with dead space or run out of things to say. Oh my god, that's like talk about nightmares for someone like me. But then I remember the first time I was like, "No, don't prepare anything. Just have people bring their questions and then just be present and see what happens. Go with the questions and follow them with them and see what happens." And I remember just oh god, like knee knocking nervous, what if this doesn't work? Like if this A lot of these people came from long ways away to have these two days with us together. And if it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. And then the first person came up and sat across from me and asked their question. And I asked them questions about the questions and we were in. And I was like, wait, people are so much more interesting than me. (laughs) I'm telling you that Rob Bell spent years preparing and then knowing what I was going to say. And then all of a sudden, a couple years ago, when I first just went in assuming that all of the things that would happen were already in the room in you people, and it was like, I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what this person's going to want to talk about. I don't even know what I'm going to say in response to it. Suddenly, I was like, wait, I have been talking for so many years when the people are so, these people are so much more, I would so much rather listen to them. And even now, knowing that tomorrow morning I'll go over to the art center and be with a, a number of you for two days, I can't wait to hear what you what you say. Do you see the smashing of Rob Bell assumptions about things that is going on in this old heart of mine, which is getting newer by the day? The smashing of arrangements and assumptions and even subtle, how would you even say it? Hierarchies. I have stuff I know and, you know, come on in and I'll tell you, I'll show up in your city and tell you what I know. And even that's been just velvet hammered into pieces because of how interesting it is for me to hear you. Yeah. And this goes for me, like, I was trying to decide whether to talk about this in this episode, but let's just talk about it. When I was 27, the tradition that I came from, the spiritual Religious tradition I came from, if you were a pastor, a church would what's called ordain you. It's almost like a stamp from the sky. <laughs> it's almost like a blessing, like a, hey, this person's legit. They can be, a, they're, I don't know what, allowed or we back them. It's like in rap, when rappers co sign for each other. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a it's like a community cosign of somebody. Hey, this is one of our pastors, and we're going to ordain them, which means I don't. It's like a piece of paper. Honestly, honestly, with a lot of things in religion, you start talking about them, and you're like, wait, that makes no sense. But anyway, when I was 27, 1,200 people showed up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, for my ordination service where I was ordained. Which just God, does that feel like 23 Robs ago? Um which i would i would now describe ordination as a public recognition of your specialness but now here's and i'm laughing when i say that because they didn't ordain any nurses that night in that church they didn't ordain any firefighters or teachers or people who clean design and build buildings they didn't anybody they didn't ordain anybody who works at the sanitation department yeah, and for a number of reasons, and you, you've you done this sort of work. You know what I'm talking about. Family of origin, lineage, trauma, all those kinds of things. I took to this. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, give me a mic. I got this. <laughs> I, I took to that. Um, but I can see now the ever so subtle separation in there. Uh, and in pastor world, people talked about, you know, when were you called Um, but I never met somebody who sells cars, who was like, I felt called to, uh, cut hair. Right. I felt called to teach government at the local high school. But in this one area that I happened to be drawn to, there was this idea. Yeah. And it creates ever so subtly. Some of you right now are like twitching, like, oh my God, I know that, uh, Also subtly creates a separation. And and you love, like, earlier me's, you love the work, you love people, you just want to help, you just want to serve. But there's also, you know, we're a mix. There's also all these other things going on. And we have to love all the earlier us's and all of it. It was all how we got to where we are. But something about talking to you all about this book which is also related to sitting under those trees with you all, which is also related. It's like, yeah, I'm telling you, it's healing. It's healing in some deep, deep, deep way. I can, I I can feel it. I can kind of name it. Like I'm trying to name it for you now. And and I say all this to tell you what it's like to talk to you. But I've noticed a number of you are having very similar experiences where, Your your you played the game, the programming, the conditioning, how you were taught the thing works, and now you're like pulling it all apart, and you're understanding what was going on and why you moved the way that you did, and why, and uh, like cleaning things up and healing. How would you call it? Healing. uh, Yeah, a realignment. Yeah, that's happening to me. Sitting here in this garage talking to you all watching you point out things in the story that I wrote that I never saw, and having you, like, uh there were two of you who'd have a podcast, I'm trying to think which podcast it was, and you had been discussing for days a particular thread, and then laid out your theory to me about the story that was so, it was brilliant, it was funny, it was kind of convoluted, it was quite insightful. I was just like, my God, people are astounding. And they got that out of a text, a story that I made that I didn't even see. I know nothing. Uh, you guys are like, you see more about me than me in some way. So here's, what, here's the thank you. Thank you for showing me, me and us. What a gift. Whew. Okay, let's do two more. A number of you have pointed out the profound, deep, abiding grief, sadness, loss, and disappointment in the book. You're like, yeah, the book is bizarrely hopeful and buoyant and electrifying, and it's also sad and got so much grief and loss and disappointment and numbness, and especially the main character, Heen. If you go on the journey with Heen, if you go on this 500-page journey with this guy, And as some things begin to happen, yeah. Yeah, and here's how a number of you have said it. You've said, Rob, you've been like this, uh, what do you, what the, uh, there's an Enneagram world of you people out there. You're like, you're like the seven with the seven wing. You've been like this positive, hopeful, buoyant, but then this book is your most personal book yet, to which I always respond, how is a book about other planets and spaceships in the future my most personal book yet? It's like the, all those earlier books, which were like me going, this is what happened to me. This is what it meant to me. This is how I felt about it. And then I write a book about this whole cast of other characters in this other time and place, and you're like, finally. Literally, a couple of you said, finally, we got a really personal book from you. <laughs> Once again, I have no idea how anything works. But... A number of you have said, this is the first time when we can feel your grief and sadness and loss and disappointment. And my God, thank you for pointing this out. Because it's true, and I could feel it in writing it. I could feel it in writing it. To this day, you know, there are so many parts of it that if I start reading them, I just get wrecked. Or you all bring up certain scenes, and we'll start talking about them, and I'll find it like, oh my God, I think I'm about... I'm about to like tear up because it still means, I don't, even, I don't even understand what's happening in me that that is, it's like pre-rational or it's, it's way past and deeper than the mind. Yeah, yeah. I have not done episodes about how difficult it is to be a dad. I, I for whatever reason, I've talked to before about, even recently on the Robcast about ease, just make sure it looks easy, <laughs> being a form of armor I developed. Yeah, being a dad has taken me to the very, very edge. Yeah, how, how do you play? How do I, what do I say now? How do I act now? I am bonkers about these humans who have the same last name as me. Oh my God. I can't even, humans can make other humans and then, oh, the setup is just made to just wreck your heart. And it's also like the highest of highs, but the lows, the moments when you're like feeling like especially if your kid's hurting, especially if your kids struggling, if, oh I don't even yeah. So if I just if I even begin to go there, I just whew or or being a partner to somebody long term. Like walking with someone through life like for three decades and Rediscovering the person and having all of the stuff within you that you prefer not to get dragged up to the surface. Get dragged up to the surface just by simply sharing your life with someone. Uh, falling in love again and again and again, but then falling in love because yeah, you needed to fall back in love <laughs> because it got it was got really rocky there. Like all that. That's that. That shit is rugged, peoples. Yeah, yeah. That can, like, yeah, that can be the greatest thing ever and can wreck a person with at moments of, like, I have no idea how to move forward. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Or just let's just go back to the bills. How, how do you stay tuned into your life and not check out? How do you stay alive and vital and connected to your heart and follow what it feels like the path that's opening up in front of you and bills and all the unexpected expenses that you're like how are we going to do this one yeah that is like oh my god t- please tell me if you got that one cracked that code cracked like figuring out how it works and just when you feel like you figured out how it works right then then <laughs> you round the band and you're like oh great now <laughs> now i got <laughs> Now now we gotta do this. Yeah. 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 This uh yeah, and the disappointments. The the so many disappointments and sadness. Yeah, and letting it like pass through me and seeing how much of it was bottled up and it, literally writing this book and feeling things passing through me that I'd been carrying around for years. And then I get on a zoom interview with you all and we meet each other there at the grief and sadness and loss and disappointment and i've been talking to you for one minute and wow here's another humanoid here's another person who is singing the same song there's like a whatever you call it let's call it a frequency a vibration a tone a resonance like yes somebody else who's been down this path which is all of us but what an experience. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for pointing out. Some of you just come in. You like you have lists of questions, and you have them highlighted, but some of you just, from the first question, you just go. You're like, okay, let's talk about what's really happening in this book, and what is it about your life that you were ready to write this? Oh, my God, I love it. And the more you're like, I can tell some of you, you have questions you really want to ask, and then you have, you know, where'd you first get the idea for the book? Um, <laughs> But whenever I'm like, no, no, ask the stuff you really want to talk about. And I'm telling you, we just, oh, God, we just go there so fast. And, God, it's helping me and healing me and opening me up. And, yeah, I love being a civilian. (laughs) That's the word I use for it now. Just a civilian, just all just jacked up like everybody else, just a hairball of loss and Grief and joy and desire, and just all of it, just, just falling down the stairs and the smile on my face and holding my heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then one more thing you all pointed out. And every single one of you, I think maybe a couple exceptions, have pointed out hey, and you have no problem saying this, which I also love. You're like, hey, you seem like, like you turned a corner, like there's some whole new life you're living, like you're free and happy and creating like never before. Some of you just say it that straightforward, and I love it because you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And it's even more, I don't know now, it's funny, humbling, like to go around the world for years being like, here's how to be free and happy and create, what is it, how to be here and the endless ongoing creation of the world and love wins and all this stuff. And then to like, oh, wait, there were all new rooms in the house I didn't know about. There are all kinds of new spaces to move into of actual freedom and liberty, which came through all sorts of pain and acknowledging what I'd been carrying around for years. Like 2023... Uh, but it's December, so you know how like I just got that thing from Spotify that tells you what you listen to this year. People start talk, looking back on the year. 2023 stretched and wrecked me like no other year ever. It it was it had the lowest lows. My dad died this year. I I don't even know if that cracks the top five of brutal heartbreaking things that I experienced this year. Yeah. I mean, that was that was surreal enough and that experience of sitting in the front row at my dad's funeral and being like, Wait, am I at my dad's funeral? Is my dad not here? Um Yeah, that that alone was I don't know, I'm that you know, that's just how do you even put words to that? But I don't even that, that might not even crack the top five of Yeah. And i and down the road I'll perhaps be able to talk about some of that. It's You know, it's like you got to let it, you don't even know what to say at some point. Uh, Sometimes when you go through things, there's there's nothing to say in the moment, but yeah. Yeah, isn't that fascinating how that works? You can find new kind of, even a sense of authenticity, like you're being truer to yourself than ever. And it can also be at the same time you're going through things you never thought you'd ever go through. Yeah, and and the heart doesn't need to pick. The heart's like, yeah, these are the feels. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going through right now. The heart isn't like, well, is it this or is it this? The heart doesn't even pick. The heart's like, it all just sits side by side. Yeah, and perhaps that's you right now. You're like, oh, this. I don't think I've ever felt better, and I am devastated limping along, and it's all, I'm both. I'm all of it. Yeah, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, we are those multitudes. Yeah, and a number of you have pointed this out. And my God, does it mean something to me? Whew. So thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And I'm realizing now this is an entire episode of me pointing out what you've been pointing out. Yeah. And that just, that, <laughs> that's, that's pretty, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. To those of you who I've met, uh, just recently. What a gift you've given me. What a gift. So the, where'd you park your spaceship? Where'd you park your store? Merch, t-shirts, hoodies, a piddle, piddle, piddle hoodie. That's all. We're opening that on the day this episode comes out, which is tomorrow. Uh, The art store is open, which I can't even believe I'm saying that. Who saw that coming? My God, what a what a 2023. And uh, yeah, boy, oh boy. I felt what a wonderful thing to tell you all these things. So my friends, I'm sending you so much peace and love. This has been the Robcast, and this is your friend, Rob.